Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. La la la. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie! What's going on? Oh, this is, uh, this is new. It's new. Something different. JP, can you hit it again since you didn't turn my mic on in time? So I can give it to people properly. Here we go. Here you go. Join in, Frankie, please. Sha la 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 la. Uh huh. Yeah. Yo! There we go. What do you think? It's all right. It's all right. Shoot, we'll try something else tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to try a different song yeah. every day this week, and then maybe we'll put it up to like a poll vote. Yeah. We'll have people write in the chat and let us, we'll take requests. Listen, it was, it was an effort. Yeah, it's an effort. It wasn't bad. It was all right. I don't know, you know, we'll see. Not the same. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard. There's a lot going on over here. I, we auditioned a lot of songs. I mean, we, it's, it's nice. Beautiful. It's interesting you got top billing, it seems, like left and right. You read your name first. Oh, I mean, I didn't plan it. <laughs> but I'll take it. There you go. Uh, yeah, Frankie and I here to, by ourselves. Uh, Mike Florio off to Greener Pastures. Okay. Is he in the chat, by the way? I don't think so. He might be at some point. I feel like he's going to pop in. Be like, <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll be around. Um, EY will be on later this week. We reached out to a couple, to a couple other guests. We'll see if we can get them on. Frankie, how was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was... Long. It was uh, it was a bit of a struggle. I went out both nights to see Michael Florio. How's he doing? Not plan on that happening, by the way. Right. Um, lots of drinks. Mm-hmm. Friday night uh, was the local experience with Michael Florio, and you know everyone was wrapping up. I'm like, I'm not done yet. Not done yet. So I I, you know, I went out to Astoria, um, smoked some hookah. Sure. And then Saturday, I haven't smoked hookah in a very long time. Yeah, it was. It was one of those things where like, it sounded like a great idea because I was intoxicated. And the next day, I was just like, nah, why'd I do that? Yeah, I feel like it's always, it's always the case when you smoke hookah. You're like, oh, this seems this is like fun in the moment. Yeah. And then you're just like, why am I doing this? There was a DJ there. The music was fun. That was cool. Um, and then Saturday, we had like Kinga's friends come over for her housewarming, I guess. We have like segregation. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> so you have segregation? Yeah, like... We had one for like my family right. and then one for her family, right? Because we don't have enough space. So, uh, and then it, we ended up after midnight. Oh, let's go hit up Michael Florio, Berry Park. So there you go. Old nights went out and uh, visited Michael Florio, and then yesterday I was just like laying around, regretting everything I've ever done in life. Lit a lot of spike ball yesterday. A lot of spike ball. Yeah. Still haven't gotten an invitation to spike ball. I'm not as sore as I thought I would be. New fantasy BFFs. Same Greg. <laughs> Doesn't invite his friends to play spike ball. Yeah, I got him. I uh, played a lot of spike ball yesterday in the park. 
And then Saturday night, I, I didn't make it to Mike's. I went to the Yankee game. Wait, what's the Yankee game? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Which one? The night? The night game. All right. Well, they won. They won that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was a little, that was a back and forth performance. So that was, it was a fun game to watch. It was probably a fun game to watch. It's my new thing. So ever since we, we had Ian Khan's tickets, where he was nice enough to, to give them to us, um, I buy the cheapest tickets in the building, and then I just look for seats. <laughs> and it works great. Yeah, because up top, like, no one's really checking your tickets. Well, I don't go, I don't even go up top. Yeah, where do you go? I went, yes, uh, Saturday night, I went to section 227. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty good. Solid. Just, just walked in. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, Yankees, Royals, right? Like, no one really cares. No one's caring, right? No one's, bo- no, no one's like, bothering me. Well, in fact, yesterday. Second game of Doubleheader. I actually bought Yankee tickets for the first time that. in a while. Yeah. I'm going to Yankees-Mets. When is that? So, it's Monday, August 13th, and it's the rescheduled game. Right, right, right. So, it's interesting because. How your tickets? 40 bucks. But That's pretty good. When we were looking at tickets back in like when they played at City Field, yeah, yeah, yeah. those were 80. 40 bucks for where? So I got Yankees Mets tickets for 40 bucks. I don't know, like somewhere high up, but sure. like I might just walk around and try and there find you go. Seats well. the seats as well. The thing is, he's got to look for the right usher. Yeah. That's kind of just like doesn't really care if you're yeah, just walking, pa- walking past. He's walking like you're on the place. So, yeah. so I haven't been to a game in a while, so that's going to be fun. Maybe I'll go. What is that? So that's today's the third. Monday, Monday at 7. So two weeks from today. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. Maybe I'll go. Okay, I can see that. Um, on the show today, it's going to be fun. Because, now Corey touched on this an hour ago, but we wanted to really dive home because in our group text, which is just the two of us now, so in our conversation, we noticed there's a lot of training camp stuff that comes out, and, and Florio's retweeted a bunch of it, uh, and Frank's commented on something, and I have as well. And we need to try to decipher what is just noise and what is information that we have to pay attention to. So we're going to play a little game that we stole from around the horn many years ago, termed buy or sell. I'm going to give you a piece of information. We're going to discuss it, and we're going to talk about if we should buy it and use it for our fantasy drafts or sell it because it's just training camp bluster. So I want to start with the one I think most people were talking about late last week and, and into the weekend and now today, Frank, and that's his stuff with Chris Carson. So he was RB1 of the depth chart. He got the first handoffs when it came to when training camp started. When the first team was on the field, it was Chris Carson out there, not Rashad Penny. After practice, Pete Carroll gushed about how good Chris Carson is. You buying or selling Chris Carson RB1 in Seattle. Not an, a fantasy RB1, but an RB1 for the Seattle Seahawks. I'm not buying this. Uh, it's called selling it then. Yes. I, I, we're selling Chris Carson as the RB1 right now for the Seattle Seahawks. And I know EY mentioned this last week that Pete Carroll likes to do this thing with competition where, you know, even though they went out and signed Matt Flynn, they gave Russell Wilson an opportunity to win the job and look what the Seahawks have been ever since. The difference is Chris Carson was a seventh-round draft pick. And given all of the holds on the Seattle Seahawks team, they used their first round pick on Rashad Penny. So use that much draft capital on a guy coming out of college who last year was an absolute beast. I don't care that he played for San Diego State uh, in the Mountain West Conference. The guy ran for over 2,000 yards, had 23 rushing touchdowns, also had two receiving touchdowns as well. So use a first round pick on this guy and he's not going to be your RB1. It's probably Pete Carroll just trying to like light a fire underneath his rookie, underneath his team, but... Regardless, it's, it's, an, it's an asinine comment, in my opinion, from Pete Carroll, because 
you don't use that kind of draft capital on a position, especially when you have so many holes on the defense, the offensive line. You have all these needs on the team, and you don't draft a guy, and then he's not going to end up being your starting running back. So I still do envision Rashad Penny being the workhorse back for this team. Uh, I've moved him down in my rankings a tad bit just because I felt like I was a little bit too high on him. I have him as the RB16 as of right now. He's going on that third, fourth round swing. Uh, but, you know, J.J. Zachariasen was talking about this, too, over the weekend. And, you know, people are contacting him saying, why can't the Seattle Seahawks yep. be uh, the New Orleans Saints of this year? Yep. Why can't they have Mark Ingram and uh, Alvin Kamara? Why can't Chris Carson and Rashad Penny be their iteration of that backfield? The Seattle Seahawks still have the 30th-ranked offensive line heading into the season. The New Orleans Saints had a top-five offensive line last year. Like, that is not going to happen. Yeah, Chris Carson might have a role here. Five to seven touches a game, maybe even a little bit more than that. But I laid out the numbers when we spoke about Rashad Penny. You don't use a first-round pick in the NFL on a running back, and you don't make that player your workhorse. So I am selling this. Uh, I, I've, I think Chris Carson is a handcuff at best. He will have a role. But Rashad Penny, they drafted this kid for a reason, and I am very excited to see what he can do on this team. I'm not worried about this, Greg. I'm also selling this as Chris Carson is number one running back in Seattle for all the reasons you mentioned. And, and JJ did a fantastic job uh, over the weekend explaining that Chris Carson's just not that good. And Jake's pointed it out as well that, yeah, okay, so he was better than Thomas Rawls and he was better than CJ Procise, and that's awesome. It doesn't actually mean he was good. Jake has said so many times if you look at Chris Carson's game log, he had like one really good game. He had one like, all right, game, and like two. Games that were I have it right bad. here, Greg. Yeah. Like, so he averaged 4.2 yards per carry. It was 49 attempts for 208 yards. One of those games, 6.5 yards per carry. He only had six carries for 39 yards. The game, his best game was against the San Francisco 49ers when he had 20 rushing attempts for 93 yards. That's Do you game. remember last year? The San Francisco 49ers were getting run all over by anybody who wanted to. So 20 rushing attempts... For 93 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. All right, that's fine. But, like, people were doing that on a weekly basis against this team. So, I'm not buying that either. Like, he had one game with a receiving touchdown. He only had one touchdown total in, in four games. I'm not buying this. Like, I think the Seattle Seahawks offensive line is going to be better. You want to light a fire under Penny. And, look, if people are going to push Penny down the draft board in fantasy this year because of this as a result... Take this guy in the fourth round? I'll do that every single time, Greg. Well, let me follow that up with another rookie running back. And there hasn't been exactly much information here, but when it comes to Sonny Michelle and the guys in the frenzy were just talking about it, he's another first-round running back, but he's a Patriot. And Rex Burkhead's there, and Gillis Lee, and, and there's like Jordan Howard, but it's Jeremy Hill is there, yeah. uh, James White is there. I mean, there's a lot of names there still. Is Sonny Michelle somebody that is also falling down draft boards for the same reason? Is he someone that you'll feel just as comfortable grabbing? I do not feel as comfortable drafting, and it has to do with the New England Patriots, as you mentioned. And, you know, people have talked about uh, the Patriots taking a first-round running back in years past. They did it uh, with Lawrence Maroney long ways ago, and I highlighted this in my article uh, that he finished as, he finished like outside the, he finished RB28 that season. So, I mean, that's a, that's a round where Sony Michelle's being drafted right now in that 25 to 30 RB range. But I worry about Rex Burkhead. I worry about James White. White's still going to have a role in this team. Rex Burkhead last year, um, you know, he reminds me of the Deion Lewis of this team. Because what would we always say about Deion Lewis? He is the dual threat where, you know, he can run the ball and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. 
And I'm not saying that Sonny Michel can't do that, but he strikes me more as like an early downs, bruising running back type. Guy that you use on the goal line, a big body guy, a guy who can break tackles. Uh, he can be, you know, that early down running back. But I think Burkhead is a guy who can run the ball, also catch the ball out of the backfield. And, you know, when the Patriots had Deion Lewis on the field last year, you didn't know what they were going to do. So I think that versatility lends itself to Rex Burkhead. If I'm drafting any running back out of the Patriots' backfield right now, I'll take Burkhead, who's going, you know, outside the top 30 at running back in ADP right now. You're getting him in, like, the 7th, 8th round. I'll take him as, you know, my RB4, my flex option. I'm not doing the Sony Michelle thing, though. I also really like the idea of Rex Burkhead as my RB4, RB5. Um, it's not really costing much in an auction either. And I do, we are going to do, in case those are wondering, we are going to do an auction show because I have an auction coming up uh, on August 20th. So that's three weeks from today, actually. Um, so I have, an, I have an auction coming up then. And I, listen, I, I think auctions are under talked about because snakes are still the majority. And I think auctions are, are really good. So we're going to talk about that. I think Rex Burkett's a really good cheap option for the exact reason you mentioned. They loved the fact that you had Deion Lewis on the field. They didn't know what they would do. Rex Burkhead is an example. He proved last year he was a goal line back. He's done nothing but succeed and produce in his time in New England. Even when he wasn't getting carries, he was still a goal line back. He was still falling into the end zone. Nobody has more red zone opportunities, in theory, than the New England Patriots. I like Rex Burkhead a lot for the price of nothing. Yeah. The New England but, Patriots. You know, again, the frustration that comes with it, though, there were four different running backs on this team yeah. had 15 or more red zone attempts last year. Yeah. And if you think about it, like the season was kind of broke down into quadrants in terms of which running back they used. Right. It was early on they were using Gillisley uh-huh. uh, in the red zone. Then, you know, they kind of transitioned into Rex Burkhead. He got banged up a little bit. Uh, James White, if they were running like the no huddle, the hurry up offense, he was getting work in the red zone. And then even Dean Lewis towards the end of the year, you know, he carried people and helped win a lot of championships for fantasy. So that's why it's just frustrating. If you have to invest with what I've seen, Tony Michelle, a fifth, sixth round pick, and you don't know like whether or not he's going to be the guy for the entire season or whether it's just going to be a portion of the season, a quadrant, a four-game stint, maybe half the season. Like, yeah, there's upside there. If he ends up being the guy, we could see like a 10-plus touchdown season out of him. But there's also like a low floor where you know, this guy has fumbling issues too. He already put the ball on the ground a few times during training camp. The, Bill, uh, the, the Patriots beat writers were talking about that. That's something you have to worry about him as well. I mean, Bill Belichick, regardless of who you are, he's not going to stand for that. So that's just one more thing you have to worry about with Sony Michelle. Before we hit the break, I want to go back to Seattle for one more buy or sell, and that's still with the running game. Because you're at that time of the year where Pete Carroll's, more than any other coach in the NFL, he pumps his players up. And that's why I believe Pete Carroll less and less than really any other head coach. And the latest running back he pumped up was C.J. Procise. He's like, listen, C.J. Procise is the best blocker we have right now, our best pass catcher we have right now. He's the leader to play on third downs. And we talk a lot, Frank, all the time about these pass-catching running backs. Chris Thompson obviously comes to mind. There's plenty of others uh, that have a ton of value. C.J. Procise has not been able to stay healthy for a minute in the NFL. Are you going to waste the draft pick on C.J. Procise? Absolutely not. All right, so you're this selling is another thing that I'm selling here. I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Carson ends up in a role like this. Uh, Rashad Penny, you know, something we do have to worry about with rookie running backs is pass protection and learning the schemes and, you know, who to pick up in protection, um, especially when you, you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson where, you know, he's your guy. So you can't risk him getting blown up uh, with a bad uh, pass-protecting running back. You know, we've heard this before with C.J. Procise again. Uh, Pete Carroll talking up his players. Procise has played in 11 games. In his career. I mean, that's two seasons into his NFL career. He only has 41 rushing attempts, 195 rushing yards. 
I do think that he is a talented receiver out of the backfield, but you know, just because he's the best in pass protection, like the guy's gonna be pass protecting, he's gonna like pop his shoulder out. Like he's always hurt. So I'm not I'm not worried about CJ Process. I'm selling this. Again, I could see this role going to Chris Carson or maybe someone else on the roster, JD McKissick, if they want to get him involved too. Uh, but I do think it's Penny. And then if they want to take him off the field for some of these situations, Chris Carson. Yeah, I, I, I think so uh, as well. I'm buying, I'm buying Rashad Penny, I, and a lot of fantasy analysts have talked about this. As long as Penny stock, <laughs> Penny stock, that's a good team name. I got to tell Dane that. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> as, as long as Penny stock continues to drop, I'm going to, that's when I'm going to snatch him up. I asked you now two weeks ago, what was the difference between Rashad Penny and Ronald Jones and why Penny was going so much higher? And your answer was, I don't know. Now, as Penny kind of drops a little bit, and there's no evidence that he is dropping in our heads, if he's dropping, Ronald Jones is rising, you're going to get to that same spot on a level playing field for both of these rookie running backs. I'm excited to see uh, what takes place. I'm sure we're only moments away, by the way, of Dirk Cutter coming out and talking about Jaquiz Rogers and Peyton Barber are the starter there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're already talking to Peyton Barber there. Oh, yeah? That's already a thing that's happening. All right, cool. Yeah. So, but I didn't even know it was coming. Well, we'll take a break here. Uh, we'll listen to some 80s music, evidently. And when we come back here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, uh, I want to get into what's going on in Carolina because we talked a little bit last week about it. I want to get into it full throttle with Christian McCaffrey. Are you buying or selling this year? I was one way. Have I changed my mind in a week's time? I'll let you know next on the BFS. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. I want to give big ups uh, to Badass Kids, ENT. I know he's in the chat hanging out. Uh, he also made these awesome new graphics that we have. We saw it during the commercial. You see it now behind us. Uh, again, my Frank's to the left. That's fine. Uh, it's, it, it's Frank and I, your new BFFs, uh, Badass Kids, ENT, Stats for Entertainment. Uh, he does a fantastic job uh, with the graphics. He made the last package we have with the BFFs. Uh, we hope to get him involved with some other stuff also. So we appreciate your help. Um, and we appreciate you taking the time to, to even you know, work on this for us. It came out awesome. So thank you. Yeah, they're amazing. You see the, the commercial break graphics that we have as well. They give you the number to call in. I like the, the color scheme as well. We got a little bit of purple. So flashing a little purple lights down here too. Uh, very excited. Uh, great job, man. Really appreciate it. He also had a question which I want to get to before we get into Christian McCaffrey, and that is uh, about Kirk Cousins and Minnesota. Kirk Cousins, um, as Jake has pointed out actually in the past, was the leader for, in, in rushing touchdowns for Washington over the last couple of years. And he, he's always good for a few in the red zone, whether it's quarterback sneak or whether it's a scramble. Kirk Cousins has the ability and has a nose for the end zone. So Badass Kids Entertainment asks us, hey, is... Kirk Cousins a bit of a threat at the goal line to Dalvin Cook? I think it's a fair question, and he does have 13 rushing touchdowns over the last three years. And we spoke about this last week, or whenever we did quarterbacks. I think, yeah, it was last week. I'm kind of worried about this for Kirk Cousins' fantasy production because if he doesn't get these four rushing touchdowns, which he's had each of the past three years, that's going to affect his fantasy output himself. And a guy that hasn't thrown for 30 passing touchdowns 
himself. So if he's not getting these rushing touchdowns, I do worry about his fantasy output for the season. You got to remember, that was a different coaching scheme that he had in Washington. You know, they would run plays for him, you know, once they would get towards the goal line or whether he would call those plays himself. I think you still depend on him for a few. Maybe we don't see the four or five that he's had in years past with Washington because it is just a new team, a new coaching scheme. Uh, I'm not really worried about it for Dalvin Cook. I know Latavius Murray's on this team. I'm more worried about Murray than I am Kirk Cousins stealing touchdowns away from Cook if that's somewhere they wanted to go. You know, Murray has had a nose for the end zone, even going back to his days with Oakland. Uh, But I do think, again, they drafted Dalvin Cook in the second round last year for a reason. He was their workhorse running back last year. Uh, Even with the other running backs on the roster, he was their guy. So I'm not worried about this. I still have him ranked um, right ahead of Leonard Fournette, and I am confidently taking him on that one-two turn. Okay, so there you go. No no fear of Dalvin Cook. You're still taking Dalvin Cook over Lenny Fournette? Yes, I am, sir. Okay. Um, another one of these sophomore running backs is, is Christian McCaffrey, and, and he went uh, ahead of Dalvin Cook after Leonard Fournette. He went in that pop pocket there. And I was saying how I like Christian McCaffrey a lot. Like I thought he has the ability to be this year's Todd Gurley with how awesome he is. We talked a lot about it during that show a couple of weeks ago. And then the training camp bluster happens last week, where not only does he want does Ron Rivera say Christian McCaffrey could be good from anywhere at 22 to 25 carries a game, he boosted it up a couple days later. Yeah. And I wanted to get 25 to 30 going, man. touches a game. Can we get this guy 35 touches a game, Greg? So 40 t- touches a game, Greg? Continue. Okay, so Twitter, rightfully so, goes wild over this. Like, this is training camp bluster. Like, there's no way he could handle it. Absolutely not. This is ridiculous. They signed C.J. Anderson. And I'm, and I'm just like, you know, why not? Like, why can't, C- why can't Christian McCaffrey do this, right? Like, he, he's a top 10 pick. You keep saying you're a first rounder for a reason. Like, he's a top 10 pick. And he's really talented. He bulked up so he can get stronger. The yards per carry went up the second half of the year. Like, why can't he? Why can't he get these carries? So then, of course, you remember, oh, he lost our left tackle, Andrew Norwell, their right tackle. It really tore up his knee a bunch, which isn't great. Teletendon was hurt, tore his MCL. And then you're like, oh, well, that's why. And he's not going to score any touchdowns because he's. He's like fourth in line at the goal line for touchdowns. I'm like, huh. So I sit here and I was like, man, do I want Christian McCaffrey? And I go back and forth at this price, particularly in an auction when I have the ability to set my own price. So let me ask you this, Frank. You buying or selling Christian McCaffrey at 25 touches a game? Absolutely <laughs> selling Greg Sussman. Christian McCaffrey will not be touching the ball 25 times per game, whether Ron Rivera likes it or not. This team brought in CJ Anderson. And I know you are not a big believer in him, but I still do think that he is better than Jonathan Stewart. I think he's a, at this point in his career, better version of Jonathan Stewart. And I told you I would set the over-under in carries for C.J. Anderson this year at around 175. And I'll slightly take the over on that. Jay Stu had 198 carries last year. Now, I do think uh, McCaffrey is going to see an increased workload. He had 117 uh, rushing attempts last year. He averaged around 12, 13 touches per game. I think we see him in that 150, 160 carries. Uh, and I do think that he's still going to be in that 70 to 80 catch range. So, I mean, he's going to be 220, 230 to 250 touches per game, maybe in that like 15, 16 touches per game range, but he's not getting 20 to 25 
30 touches a game. It's just not happening. And, you know, I like that you brought up the Panthers' offensive line. I think this is a very underrated storyline right now that people aren't really talking about. They they lost uh, Norwell from last year. He is now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their offensive line at the end of last season, according to Pro Football Focus, was ranked as the 11th best offensive line. They dropped all the way down to 21st, and what they're already suffering injuries during training camp, too. So I'm very worried about this offensive line. It could lead to more catches for McCaffrey, so that helps him. But in terms of efficiency, that might, uh, that might hurt McCaffrey's yards per carry and the same thing as C.J. Anderson. But he will not be touching the ball 25 to 30 times a game. I think more of that, like, 15 to 17 touches per game makes sense for McCaffrey. Where does Christian McCaffrey have to go for you to take him? Because I know you're not high on him in general. Where, where does he have to go for you to grab him? I'm not... I don't dislike McCaffrey. Like, I understand where he's being drafted in the second round as, you know, a low-end RB1. That's where he finished last year, and I know Jake has been on record saying this. Like, all you need him to do is replicate what he did last year, and, you know, I think he can come close to that, maybe even be a little bit better. So I understand where he's going. On that, like, 2-3 turn, I think it makes sense. Earlier than that, I'm not sure that I'm going to pull the trigger on McCaffrey. In PPR, full point, yeah, because he can catch 80 balls, but... Half-point PPR, even in a standard, you have to drop him down a little bit. So uh, we're going to do a video later today with pick nine, and I'm going to let you know right now. I'm going to start one of those teams with a wide receiver pick, and in round two, McCaffrey is probably the best running back available, and I will not be taking him. So I'm going to do one uh, one team where it's RB wide receiver start and another team where it's wide receiver wide receiver. I'm excited to watch that. I wouldn't take him in the second round that early at the ninth pick unless it's full-point PPR. Half-point or less? To me, he's like a 2-3 So you're not, spoiler alert, you're not going running back, running back at all then? Uh, no. I will not be doing a running okay. back, running back. Okay, so there, so there you go. Look out for Frankie's video. Uh, the white, we're calling it the whiteboard series, is that what we're calling it? Like the Who to Draft series? I thought that was a good ring to it, though. All right, whiteboard. That's uh, the Who to Draft series, for sure. You can make the calls now. Girl. No, I know. It's, it's what the, do you want it to be called? No, I want it to be called the, the, the Who to Draft series. Right. I, I, think that's, I think that's right, because um, ultimately they're going to help you, and... I've learned so much by watching these videos, and if you haven't checked them out yet, please go do so. Uh, Frank, wherever you, when you figure out your draft spot, you should not draft without watching Frankie's videos. He's in the first pick, the sixth pick, and the twelfth pick, uh, and now he's going to start going in between that. So I know today is the ninth pick. Um, tomorrow, or whenever we ne- record the next video, will be the third pick, and then we'll kind of go around from there. I'm very, very excited to watch these. Um, they are just phenomenally done, Frank. I know all the hard work that goes into it. So uh, please, if you haven't watched it, go check it on YouTube. It's who to draft with uh, whatever pick you have. We're going to get all of them up. It, it, it's awesome stuff. How do you feel about McCaffrey? You're obviously not buying any of this. You think, I mean, you might be. Maybe you are. I don't want to speak for you. No, so I think he's going to have more touches than you think. I think he's going to be higher than that 15 to 17 per game range. I do. Yeah. He's more of like 18 to 20. Exactly. Yes. I don't think he's getting 25. So right. I'm, I'm so selling. Yeah, that would take like 15 carries and like four or five catches per game. No, it's going to take 13 carries and seven catches a game. I think, oh, that, I, I think, I think that's more likely, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think that 18 to 20, so maybe it's 13 and five. I think that's, I don't think that's unrealistic that, to ask for, in, in all honesty. But I really like Christian McCaffrey, the player. I think he's a really good football player. But... Not having any chance at the goal line work really scares me. Like, I know there's a ton of guys uh, that we talk about, like all the guys in Detroit where you're trying to figure it out. Um, like, Garrett Blunt's the goal line back, right? And you're like, well, this is annoying because I really like Carry on Johnson. But I know Garrett Blunt's going to be the goal line guy. And, and there's plenty of other situations where you can't project 
who's going to score the touchdowns, and it's an issue. But I know Christian McCaffrey's not ever going to be a bell cow, that he's not ever going to get the goal line stuff. So, well, I like him. Do I like him enough to take him in the middle of the second round? No. Like, Chris Thompson's a similar example, right? He's going to get a ton of touches. He's really, really effective in his role. But he's never the goal line back. Ever. Now, Chris Thompson's going four or five rounds later than Christian McCaffrey. So, I'm not comparing the players, because Christian McCaffrey's probably a better overall player, and he remains healthy. And I'll take him earlier than Chris Thompson. I can't take him four to five rounds earlier than Chris Thompson. Like, if Christian McCaffrey was there for me in the third round, I would take him. Yeah. I wouldn't take him in the second. Is that, is that, like, reasonable? Yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, I think in full-point PPR, I don't have a problem pulling the trigger in the second round. But half-point PPR, anything... And that's... Like, and, and, half-point... Just to clarify, two, three swing, I usually speak in half-point PPR yeah. terms. Yeah, if we're talking, in, like, generally, it's half-point PPR. Um, but, you know, in standard, you push him down into the third round, I think, because, again, in standard, touchdowns mean so much more. And he'll probably be in, like, that six, seven, maybe eight touchdown range... Uh, but I don't know that you can project more than that realistically. So half point, if he's on that 2-3 swing, I think that's fair. Full point, firmly in the second round, that's okay. Standard, I'm pushing him down into the third round. I, I, I agree with that. I don't, I'm very interested when you do... And he's, going, he's going in the middle of the second round right now, right? Is that where he's going? A little late second round, maybe? Yeah, I could pull up the ADP. He's going 17.61. Yeah, so he's going, he's going relatively right, early. In the he's going relatively this early. He's NFFC, which is a full-point PPR. Okay, so that, that, that's interesting. Uh, um, so that means when you do your series around that spot, you're going to let him pass every time. Yeah, because, again, generally, like these wide videos receivers. are like half-point PPR. Yeah, yeah, of course. The wide, so means the wide I, res- that, the wi- I wouldn't do that. And also the wide receivers are just better in, in that spot. Like you're, yeah, like you're getting Keenan Allen more is there. Devontae Adams is there. Yeah, so I'm going to show you how your team turns out if you take Odell Beckham in the first round, Keenan Allen in the second round. Let's see what running backs you get in round three and four. That would be really cool. Because I was actually talking with that with a friend over the weekend because we think uh, in our draft we're going to have 11-12. But I was kind of doing it out. like I think there's a chance Odell's there for me at 11, maybe. You know, maybe not. Um, But I think Odell could be there for me at 11. I'm like, okay, so if I start my team with Odell and Michael Thomas... Like, what would happen then? And this is kind of similar to what you're saying. So even though you haven't gotten to the 11th pick yet, um, it's the same concept. which makes it really cool. So I'm interested in seeing how uh, your team with two wide receivers does turn out today. Yeah, and you don't have to force your hand at, like, taking a running back just because of, like, positional need. Like, Jake just did a pros versus Joe's draft last week where he started three wide receivers, and he said no way in hell was that ever his strategy. But I think he had pick 11 DeAndre Hopkins fell to him at right. 11, and then Odell Beckham there. in the second round. He's like, yeah. look, there's just no way I'm going to pass. I'm not going right. to you know, pull uh, like McCaffrey up the board just to take a running back there. And then he said T.Y. Hilton was his best player on the board in, in the third round. And then he ended up getting like McCoy as his running back one in the fourth round. He got like Marshawn Lynch. And I think more so than ever this year, you have starting running backs on teams that are going in the middle rounds of drafts. Like, sure. you don't know how good they're going to be. But they are starters. But they are there. Like, yeah. Isaiah Crowell is there. Jamal Williams is there, which it's up to you whether or not you like him those first two games, if he can grab the role and run with it. Aaron Jones hurt now as well. Hamstring yeah, Dealing injury. with a hamstring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking him up more and more, Jamal Williams, and that he's running with the ones. Um, I saw last night, I know Mike Clay was doing his show. He had a Packers beat writer on saying, normal down and distance will always be Jamal Williams. So, And they're, they're trying to figure out where does Aaron Jones kind of work his way into this. And now, I mean, unfortunately, he's hurt. Maybe that drops him down the pecking order even more, which is annoying because I actually think Aaron Jones is the most 
uh, complete running back on this team. How are the Bears and Vikings run defenses? The the Vikings are very good. They were very good last year. year, They should be very good once again. I think the Bears are good too, if I remember correctly. The Bears were solid. I think they were like middle of the pack, maybe a little bit above average. I remember them being in that range. Oh, look at the NFL rush defense right now. Number two overall was the Vikings. The Eagles were one. The the Bears were 11. So pretty solid. They're inside the top 12. Tough sledding for um, Jamal Williams' first first two games. Yeah, and I mentioned that when we did the power hour. I said, look, if he struggles those first two games. Maybe there's a chance coming off the suspension if the Packers didn't like what they saw out of Jamal Williams or he wasn't effective, they give Aaron Jones a chance to you know, kind of take the job there and see what happens. So I'm still interested. I like the discount that you're getting on Aaron Jones. And then even with this hamstring injury, we have to monitor it, but that might push him down draft boards even more. You mentioned uh, Marshawn Lynch a moment ago and how he's going in the middle rounds and he's available. Well, John Gruden has not only talked up, Marshawn Lynch, but he's also talked of Doug Martin and how he's always loved Doug Martin, and Doug Martin's going to be a, a significant contributor on this team. Are you buying or selling Doug Martin having a major role with the Raiders? So, at first I was selling. Like, I wrote the AFC and NFC position battle articles uh, inside the Roto Experts exclusive edge package. Use uh, promo code Frank the Tank yeah, to, get, to get a 10% discount, uh, but... Well, Greggy is uh, scouring the, the area for the bell. For the bell. Uh, I, I wasn't buying Doug Martin at first, but the more they talk him up, uh, I do think that there is going to be a second running back on this team that does have a fantasy impact. And, you know, they've spoken about even cutting DeAndre Washington from this team. Ding, ding. Frank the Tank. Um, Jalen Richard is now banged up as well. And, look, they just continuously talk up Doug Martin, and they want him to be a thing. And if you go back and you look at what John Gruden has done with running backs— Throughout his 11-year coaching career, only one time did a running back have more than 242 carries. So he typically does not use a workhorse approach. He has a 1A and he has a 1B. And I think everything that he said about Doug Martin to this point is setting up for Doug Martin to be that 1B on this team. With that being said, you know that I'm the high guy on Marshawn Lynch right now. Uh, I have him ranked nearly inside my top 24. I think I have him as the... I have him as the, the 26th ranked running back right now. Last year, he finished as RB20, and that was with just 207 carries. So he doesn't need a lot of work, Marshawn Lynch, to finish as a top 24 running back. So I, I'm not worried about Doug Martin getting a role. I think he will have a role. I'm buying this. I think he can be maybe like 8 to 10 touches per game. Marshawn Lynch maybe in that you know, 15, 16, 17 range, but... In the second half of the season, Marshall Lynch showed that he is not done playing football yet. I'll still take him as, you know, my RB3 in that round 7-8 range as my flex 10 times out of 10, Greg. Yeah, I'm going to sell this for me. Like I know, listen, John Green loves his veterans. That's obviously very, very clear. But he's got one that's good in Marshawn Lynch. And I was wrong, relatively wrong about him. He, he looked like he had nothing left early in the season. Uh, he picked it up. And Marshawn Lynch, as Corey likes to say, is one of these guys that just simply plays, play himself into shape. And I think you're going to see that this year. Um, I like to think of the goal line. It's always going to be Marshawn Lynch. That's kind of the opposite of what we were just saying with Christian McCaffrey. So um, I'm never going to be the person that goes out and gets Marshawn Lynch. But I think if he's there and it like kind of fits a need, that's when I'm going to take him. Yeah, so Lynch right now in NFFC drafts, he's going pick 89, Greg. So, I mean, you don't have that to pay anything, anything yeah. for him right now. So- Get him so, in the eighth round. So that'll go out and do, because the eighth round, that's the last round of a starter, as I, as I now know. Yes. So 
you know, uh, that's somewhere I'll take Marshawn Lynch. So that's cool. Uh, we'll take a break here. When we come back, I want to get into what's going on in Miami. There's a lot of weapons here, and I think there's one that's being overlooked. So I want to get into that uh, when we return. We'll do John Brown as well. More for your BFFs right after this. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. you fantasy best friends forever fantasy sports radio network frank stanfield greg sussman your uh, your only bffs left ey will join the show on wednesday after smackdown it's a great logo badass kids and did a fantastic job with it uh please if you, if you need graphics for whatever reason i mean frank's good but like this guy's great yeah much better than me yeah he's, he's don't awesome. worry about that <laughs> yeah it, it came out really really good great uh we're also working on a new theme song we saw some suggestions in the chat we actually look, listened to them during the break Mediocre option so far. Yeah. We're going to continue to take some suggestions. Uh, we'll, we might put up a poll throughout uh, the week to figure this out. But, you know, it's going to take some trial and error here, Greg. Uh, the doot, doot, doot. That one just clicked. And we're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe our guy, Bavona, will give us some suggestions. I can see that. He's pretty good, good with yeah, uh, good the imaging that. and stuff. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So, I've been looking at the Miami Dolphins situation. Not because I really like Ryan Tannehill, but because really Florio turned me on here, and he's like, hey, Kenny Stills is this guy I really, really love this year. And you point to a multitude of reasons how effective he's been since joining the Dolphins, and probably most importantly, is all the targets you lose without Jarvis Landry. And for that reason, everyone is jumping back on board uh, with Devontae Parker. People do like Kenny Stills. But I'm not really hearing anybody have any love for Danny Amendola. Listen, I get it. Dude cannot stay healthy for the life of him. I got that. But where did all the targets go in Miami? In the slot. Jarvis Landry, that was his role. He had 100 catches every year in the slot. Now he remained healthy, and he remained remained effective, and he was awesome. But that's where it went. Whether Jay Cutler was the quarterback, Matt Moore was the quarterback, or Ryan Tannehill was under center, they went to the slot. Danny Amendola is now the slot receiver for the Miami Dolphins. I know this team signed Albert Wilson, in the offseason for quite a lot of money, $24 million. But Adam Gaze came out today and said, listen, Albert Wilson is an outside receiver, which means he is no higher than fourth on the depth chart. If you're putting Kenny Stills on one side, I don't know what I'm hosting the radio show. Uh, Kenny Stills on one side. Who, who's calling you, Mr. Popular? Uh, uh, somehow my computer answered it, too. That was weird. Um, you want to talk to him right now? No. Get him on the air? I hung up. Devontae Parker on one side and Kenny Stills on the other. Danny Amendola is in the middle. And if, big if, I know it's not going to happen, he stays healthy. Certainly in PPR leads, he's, leagues, he's going to have a big, big year. And in half-point PPR leagues, I, I think there's value simply because 
he's going to get the ball. Are you buying or selling Danny Amendola as option number one in the slot for the Dolphins? He will be option number one in the slot, so I am buying that. And, you know, I think you make good points. Uh, his ADP right now, 199.17. So undrafted. Dirt cheap. Undrafted. You can get him, you know, after the draft, undrafted. You get him as, like, your wide receiver six on a team if it's a deeper league, uh, especially in PPR. And you mentioned, look, Jarvis Landry, the past three years with the Dolphins, averaged around 150 targets per season. And that was with him playing in the slot. Now, Obviously, Danny Amendola is not going to get that. It, you know, he, he would actually die if he got 151 targets this year. Just based on his injury history, uh, there's no way he would be able to handle that workload. But while he's healthy, I think you know Ryan Tannehill or whoever steps in there as a, the Dolphins quarterback has targeted whoever the slot receiver is. Uh, they've already come out and said Albert Wilson will not be the team slot receiver, that he is not, uh, that is not his role on this team. He will play on the outside, uh, but it. With him, I don't even know why they signed him because they have Kenny Stills and they have Devontae Parker on the outside already. Too, you know, Parker, a guy that I'm somewhat buying back into. I think there's some opportunity here for him. But I think what you said about Danny Amendola, it makes sense. You get him as like your wide receiver six in a PPR league, that's fine. I, I think that he there are going to be some targets in this offense. The Dolphins are a team that are going to be trailing a lot this season, and I do believe that. Okay, so so Danny Amendola, even more so than Marshall Lynch, doesn't cost you a damn thing. No, Not, nothing. And how many targets did Jarvis Landry have? What was the number? He averaged 151 each of the past 150 three targets that are gone. Devontae Parker sucks, so it's not going to him. It's not true. He does suck. Early in the season, while he was healthy, he was fantasy viable, especially in PPR leagues. Great. Fantasy viable. Great. Yes. He was like... He's not good. I owned him. He sucks. He was a... No. The first, what, five, six weeks of the season before he got hurt? He was like a top 24 receiver in terms of like points per game. You're not buying that. Are you buying that? No, I'm sorry. No, you're out. I'm signing Devontae Parker. I'm Devontae not Parker, who I'm is? I'm looking at him now. 4 for 85, 8 for 76, 6 for 69 his first three weeks. And we're like, he's arrived. Yeah, there you go. Um, they got hurt uh, immediately following that. He's like very, he didn't score another touch. He didn't score one touchdown all year. I hate Devontae Parker, man. I'm not doing this thing again. He's going to pick 84 right now. One spot ahead of your boy, Robert Woods. I'd much rather have Robert Woods. You're out on that. Give me Danny Amendola at his price than Devontae Parker at his price. That's for damn sure. I mean, if that's what you want to do, fine. I don't have a problem with you saying that. I mean, if you don't want to... Would you rather have Kenny Stills at his price or Devontae Parker at his? So Stills is going 123. You're getting him 40 picks later. That's like three to four rounds. I'll take Kenny Stills at his price over Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker and Emmanuel Sanders are going around the same spot. Who would you rather have? Between Devontae Parker and Manny Sanders. Manny Sanders, yeah. That is a good one. I just did that today, too. I'm working on my wide receiver rankings. Let me pull this up for you. I'm going with Manny Sanders. I'll answer for you. I get it. I'm the cold guy in Devontae Parker. But I think Manny Sanders is like the perfect fit for Case Keenum. I really like Emmanuel Sanders this year, who also costs you very, very little. Yeah, I, I like the bounce back for him. You know, people were... Drafting him as a top 30 wide receiver, you're getting him outside of that this year for Manny Sanders. And look, say what you want about Case Keenum. He made Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs both fantasy viable last year. You know, And so I think Emmanuel Sanders, kind of a guy who, I would say he's still in his prime while Demarius Thomas is kind of descending there. So yeah, I'm with you. I'll, tell, I'll take Emmanuel Sanders over Devontae Parker. But I do like Parker there too as like a, a low-end wide receiver three. He's going to be inside my top 36. Okay. Um, all right, moving on. 
John Brown, the guys on the Frenzy talked about it as well. He looks great in camp. There's a lot of names out there in Baltimore. John Brown, Michael Crouch, Willie Sneed. They've revamped their wide receiving core for the Ravens. Joe Flacco has a, a, has a fire under his ass right now with Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. Someone's going to emerge in Baltimore. Who's it going to be? You buying it that it's John Brown? I am not buying it. Unfortunately, you know, what they said about him on the frenzy is true. I mean, the guy still has the sickle cell trait, and it's unfortunate for him because, you know, he proved that he can be a talented wide receiver at the NFL level. I mean, in 2015, he had over 1,000 yards. He had seven touchdowns. Uh, He's averaged over 14 yards per reception in his career. So a guy who can get behind the defense and make the big play, I think that's how he fits into this offense. Because uh, they have some possession guys in Crabtree and Willie Sneed. I think Crabtree can be that red zone threat for this team as well. But I think John Brown is kind of like, we'll take a few deep shots per game, fill in like that Mike Wallace role from the past couple of years, even maybe like that Tory Smith from a couple of years ago. But I can't see him getting more than like four or five targets a game. I just think Crabtree will be the number one de facto receiver in this offense. And then they draft Hayden Hurst. Uh, they drafted another tight end there as well. Uh, Alex Collins is going to catch a few balls per game. So I just don't think there's enough to go around for John Brown. Uh, I like Crabtree personally at his price where he's going uh, rather than even taking a stab at John Brown. You get Crabtree in like the sixth, sometimes even the seventh round. I do think he's going to be the target leader on that team. I totally agree uh, with you. I don't really love Michael Crabtree um, that much, but that price I'm okay with. I'm yeah, okay with and look, say what you want about like Alex Smith last year, but people are kind of comparing Joe Flacco's situation this year to what happened with Alex Smith. They drafted Patrick Mahomes uh, with the Chiefs, and that lit a fire under Alex Smith. Alex Smith had the best season of his career, both in real life and for fantasy purposes. So I'm not saying that Joe Flacco is, like, fantasy relevant, but, but you know, when you add a first-round quarterback like that and he kind of sees the writing on the wall, I do agree with you. I think they are going to light a fire here, and I'm kind of I'm boosting the Ravens' passing attack a little bit more I'm boosting them up more so than I was early on when I was kind of down on them. I do think that he has something to prove this season, and you know there is going to be some viable wide receivers on that team. Moving on here, inside our training camp, buy or sell, I want to get to Jordan Howard and the Chicago Bears because Matt Nagy, almost frank to me, has gone out of his way to tell you that Jordan Howard is a three-down back. He can do everything. I don't see that he can't catch. I don't see that he can't pass protect. He's a guy that can be there each and every down. A lot of people this offseason have been very, very high on Tariq Cohen. I've remained steadfast in my love for Jordan Howard. Uh, Are you buying or selling Jordan Howard as a three-down back? I'm going to sell this. I think it's one of those things where, you know, if you're Matt Nagy, what are you supposed to say, right? Like, you're not going to come out and say, yeah, he has issues uh, with drops because the data is there. The data tells us that, you know, Jordan Howard has dropped the ball a ton his first two years. He actually leads all running backs with drops uh, during that span. So we have data that supports that, you know, he hasn't been a great receiver. If you you remember that game last year, Greg, where they were driving down the field, uh, he had an opportunity to score a touchdown late to put the Bears ahead, and he dropped it because... You know, he doesn't turn his body back the right way. Sometimes he gets all tangled up. Yeah, he'll probably be better at it. And, you know, maybe we see the receptions go up a little bit this year. Maybe he's in that 30 to 40 range. Uh, but three down back, I don't know that I'm buying that. Maybe, like, on some series he'll be in for th- for third downs, but I'm not buying it for uh, the entirety of the season. I don't think we see, you know, 40-plus receptions out of Jordan Howard. I am selling this. I do not trust him as a three down back. That doesn't mean he's going to be a bad option. It just means, 
you know, for him to perform in PPR leagues, he really has to go above and beyond in terms of the rushing yards and the rushing touchdowns. But we've seen him do that before. So that's kind of like his recipe for success there with the Bears offense. And if we like this offense, uh, which we all do, and we think it's going to be better, I think Jordan Howard will be fine just not buying him as a, as a three-down running back catching 40-plus balls this year. I, I don't see that happening. So I understand um, the hesitancy, right? Like I, I do understand the hesitancy when it comes to Jordan Howard um, b- being a three-down back. He caught 29 passes his rookie year, 23 passes in year two. Tariq Cohen obviously exists. But I do buy the fact that Jordan Howard is going to be out there more than you think. Um, I, I think that he, he had, he's still growing uh, as a player. He's only going to be 24 years old. And, and I'm not saying he's all of a sudden become Tariq Cohen catching the ball, but I think his pass protection is fine. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think it's like a ne- negative part of his game. And to many coaches, that's more important even than your ability to catch the ball. The reason that Jordan Howard dropped so many last year is because he had, he had, he had ultimately uh, the opportunity to do so. Like, I know the target share was almost cut in half last year from 50 in his rookie year uh, down to 32 uh, a year ago. But uh, I think that he has that ability. And again, I know I'm not, I'm not the high guy, but I'm, I'm very high on Jordan Howard. Uh, where is he going right now, Frank? According to NFFC ADP, he is pick 28. So, he's so again, this is PPR, so third. this is like early to mid-third round. Do you like that spot for him? Uh, in PPR, yeah, I think that makes sense. But So, if, so it means in, in, stand, in non-PPR, then you're absolutely. Yeah. No, I think in standard, he's going to be like on it's the 2-3 turn. It's called non-PPR. Non-PPR yeah. is going to be like the 2-3 turn. Okay. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Because, I think it's great value. Because I think he can... I think he can total about 14, 1,500 yards, and he's going to flirt with double-digit touchdowns. I agree so. with that. I agree with that. His rookie year, he averaged 5.2 yards per carry. Uh, last year, 4.1 for Jordan Howard. I'm in on Jordan Howard. I, I've said that before. I think he doesn't really go for all that much. I'm, excited to, I'm very interested to see um, in an auction how much Jordan Howard's going for. I'm going to have to look that up. I think that's going to be, again, his price. He's one of the guys who his price clearly changes depending on the format. Right. So even in auction, like, I don't know that we'll have a clear cut, like, what his auction value is because a lot of people don't just play in, like, half point PPR or whatever. Like, so many of these, like, high end, like, high stakes auction leagues are full point PPR. So it's not going to be a great, like, barometer for Jordan Howard's auction value. This is, this is, I I hate, there's certain websites I just really cannot stand. Yep. So like, what are you looking at right now? Well, I Googled, is it Ross a resource, Greg? No, I can't stand that. <laughs> but I, Googled, I just Googled like auction values just to see what the first thing that came up. And you know I'm going to call them up? Uh, sorry, FF Toolbox, which is now you know, part of Scout Fantasy. So I went to running backs. The first running back off the board, the highest price, they say, is Saquon Barkley, which is wrong, number one. Maybe it's Dynasty. Might be looking at Dynasty, Greg. I think so. Because you can so. probably make an argument for Saquon Barkley to be the number one running back in Dynasty. I don't think I'm looking at Dynasty. Can you make an argument that number one quarterback should be Jimmy Garoppolo? No, not okay. even in Dynasty. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Can you make an argument that Mike Evans should be the number one wide receiver? No. Okay. So, like I said, this is absurd. So, Saquon Barkley's his average price is $49, and next is Todd Gurley at 32 So, why am I looking at this? It's like not even in like the same universe. Sorry, Greg. It's okay. Put things place. in perspective, though, Auction just values. like the running back position, like Jordan Howard... Joe Mixon is going pick 22, which like firmly puts him in the second round, and Jordan Howard is going about seven picks later 
in that like early to mid third round. And all right, here we go. I'm not sure that I understand that, Greg. So now, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm still on this thing. Yeah. So Jordan Howard, so this is very interesting. So Jordan Howard in Fantasy Pros, where the highest priced player is Antonio Brown at 64, and then Le'Veon Bell at 62. Fine, it's close enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Gurley and Bell both go for 62. They believe Brown is by far the best wide receiver, so he's going for $10 more on the DeAndre Hopkins. This is a $200 budget, right? Yes, sir. I need a half point PBR. Uh, Jordan Howard is the 15th running back off the board. It's one spot ahead of Joe Mixon. It's going for $22. Great price. I'm very much in. I think that's fair. Who are some of the other running backs? McCoy, right McCoy at 25, McKinnon at 28, just below him, Mixon at 21, and then Alex Collins that dropped to 16. Yeah, I would have Jordan Howard firmly ahead of LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, even in half-point PPR. Okay. Like, I know workload's probably still going to be a thing for McCoy, but I'm still worried for all the reasons we mentioned before. Like, not worried about, like, a possible suspension as of right now, but with LaShawn McCoy, I mean, these things can happen fast, man. Just, like, drop off the face of the earth, and he hasn't really showed signs of that, but the Bills' offensive line got a lot worse. Teams are going to be able to focus on him. He's still going to catch passes, but... I just, I worry about his efficiency. I worry about him breaking down, uh, age concerns with LaShawn McCoy. Uh, that is one that I worry about. I, I am firmly going to have Jordan Howard ahead of LaShawn McCoy, regardless of format. All righty. Uh, before we, we wrap up, one more note on the Bears. People are talking about Anthony Miller. I know Florio's all over this dude. Um, should more people be getting in on Anthony Miller? Yeah, he, I tweeted this out today, drink. Uh, he, he's going to be the Amir Abdullah effect this season because... It's already happening right now. We get a video per day of Anthony Miller at training camp, just like tearing people up. A great route runner, great hands. Today, he did like a fake slant inside and then had a, like a, a fade route to the outside in the, in the red zone, uh, just completely tore this dude up. So every day we're getting more footage of Anthony Miller. He's just going to be a guy that completely shoots up draft boards. Uh, look, I don't want to end up overpaying for him. I am very interested, but you know, maybe in that like wide receiver five range. If he starts going, you know inside the top 48 as, like, a wide receiver four, and they're pushing up too high. Like, there's still going to be concerns here. Like, they signed Allen Robinson. They signed Trey Burton. Tariq Cohen's going to catch the ball. Like, as good as Anthony Miller is, he might be better for real-life purposes for Mitch Trubisky growing as a quarterback more so than his fantasy value. Can he be this year's Cooper Cup? I don't know that there'll be enough opportunity for him to do that. I think that's that's a very fair question. But Cooper Cup finished, what, inside the top 30, 25 last year? I don't think that's going to happen for Anthony Miller. That's going to do it for your BFFs. We're going to get to the Lions tomorrow and some other tra- training camp by ourselves. It's a, it's a good way to kind of break down all the news that's going on. For Frankie Stanfield, I'm Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.